come experience life as we know it. As some of you should know it. Yeah, yeah. Place. Marcy. Brooklyn. Apparently I don't have that whole audio clip uh, fully loaded onto the board. I was realizing that on the fly. I was like, uh, there's not enough seconds going. Um, welcome back to Partial Recall. I'm one of your hosts, KJ Ellis, alongside, I don't even know what I should call you right now, uh, the actual Jay Cranfield. What is going hey, on, Jay? What's up, KJ? How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm glad we're sticking to our schedule, having no technical difficulties. We are just firing through this thing. <laughs> You know, it, it would not be a traditional partial recall episode if, like, if the audio quality is good, then, like, how we got there had to be rough as hell. Um, nah, it's all going to work out. There probably won't be, like, a weird clicking sound in the background or anything. Okay, don't say that this early. Um, but none of us had to uh, traverse I-35 to make this happen or climb through the doldrums of a batting cage or uh, be worried about reporting, being reported for breaking in or entering into a, uh, a downtown oil chain shop. But this is an actual partial recall recording experience because we're joined by none other than the OG, Clay Byington. What's going on, Clay? I was going to say, what's up, KJ? But Jay stole my line once again, so I'm so, I'm whatever. Sorry. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been stealing your thunder for like, over a year now, so why not just uh, keep it going? Yeah, I should have expected nothing less. Yeah, you know, but I, the only thing I expected more than to hear "Coming of Age" by Jay Z was the glass breaking before <laughs> to signal my, you know, the end of the hiatus. Because in true Stone Cold fashion, he would not be there for six months, and then all of a sudden he'd come in and throw a chair and then leave. <laughs> See, the problem with this is. I had such deja vu going on today that like, I didn't want to get on here and be like, and for the first time in three years, because I'm, I could have swore that we'd had an episode between now and August of 2017, but I, I might be so. entirely no, wrong. Almost exactly three years. Yeah. Okay. And maybe, maybe we talked about it and I, for some reason I'd worked it out in my head. I dreamt of it for years. Maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> I think we've oh, okay. all I think we've all had those dreams over the last few years and just kind of tried to do the whole uh, LeVar Ball just speaking into existence type of thing. Like it, there'd be events, get togethers, and we're like, he's going to walk in the door. You know, he's going to be at one of these, but, you know, better things to do. And I understand it. The, the thought has crossed my mind to just <laughs> like kick down the door. There are many of uh, many tall, bearded men that I've uh, glanced at a second too long uh, over the years. However, I did see Clay in the flesh. Uh, that was last season. That wasn't this season, right? That was Lucas. I think it was like January, January, February, or something. Was that this year? No, it was uh, because Dirk and Luca were both playing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it was the season prior, um, which I, I for. I'm just going to flex and be like, oh, I've been to so many games this year. Nobody has. Um, <laughs> somehow I did make it to two this season, but I think, in fact, it was uh, the one prior. So It was. Uh, I can tell you exactly which one it was, too, because it was my daughter's first basketball mm-hmm. game, and it happened to be Dirk, not only Dirk and Luca, but they were playing the KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond Warriors. So, you know, you know, start small and then work your way up. Yeah. You know. So yeah, that was her uh, first basketball experience. And I think that was an ass whooping. Um, or, or yeah, like I think a, uh, Harrison Barnes dribbled a ball off his knee in the last 45 mm-hmm. seconds that pretty much sealed it. So Wasn't pretty. Wasn't pretty. So yeah. um, for those out there listening, I would imagine there are quite a few who may not even know who Jay is, depending on where they're uh, finding this from. <laughs> It's fair. <laughs> and they were listening last week. And, and they were paying attention to the last episode. But the time between that and the episode before, you know, maybe it took some time. No, um, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because when I subbed that one Saturday on the on the stream mm-hmm. with Jake and Machine and Josh, um, you know, we went a couple hours and talked about whatever. And I wasn't really, like, looking at a lot of the comments. But then I would occasionally just kind of look as we're going. And there was a lot of uh, – 
who is this guy? <laughs> Why is this guy on here? I've never heard of him before. Where did never he... read the comments. No, and I shouldn't have. And and uh, Jason uh, responded to somebody on there. Is like, well, he's on partial recall and he's not KJ. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's fair. That's uh, that's how I used to always introduce myself. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for those who um, you know found us over the last month or so, or the last three years or so, uh, Clay is the original co-host of this podcast, and uh, I would say did about ninety percent of the weightlifting for you know carrying of the load uh, in the early days of this podcast. So it is only appropriate that I completely fumble the ball on getting things up off the ground tonight. <laughs> Um, because that's about as how useful as I, I was for the podcast back then. I would say that is not true. <laughs> and also you get the credit for not only the, um, idea for the show, but also the name. So fair. You're selling yourself way short. That was a random, I, I recall perfectly. I said it, uh, where I was whenever I sent you that text or maybe had the phone call, I was with TC and Jake at South by Southwest in Austin um, they'd done a live show that February prior to us getting started in March. Uh, and I don't know what it was, but I'd seen something and maybe it was a power Rangers thing. And it just was like, boom, there's the name, there's logo, lock it in. And I'm going to tell you this now because I will be blacked out in four hours and forget all of this. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cause I think, I think they did a, did they do a live show mm -hmm. or a recorded show down there? And you, they brought you on. Yeah. And they were basically calling people up from the, from the uh, crowd. And that yeah. was my first experience in speaking in any sort of recorded fashion. And do you remember what you talked about? Because I remember, cause this was my first KJ exposure ever. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember blowing one of my best jokes on their show, uh, and being and regretting it in, uh, you know, and into oblivion um, as far as keyword searches. But beyond that, I don't remember anything that, else. No, that's what it was. It was like porn related keyword searches. <laughs> and course. I was kind of rolling my eyes like, nah, where's <laughs> this going to go? But your answer for like your favorite keyword searches was just like then or at. It was just uh, random. Like, forces and watches. Yeah. <laughs> conjunctive phrases and stuff. <laughs> I was it, like, that's, that's genius. It hasn't gotten much better, unfortunately. I Didn't you also that. drive one of them down there? Like I drove, TC, yeah. You? I drove TC, which, yeah. um, you know, love TC. And over these last four and a half years, I've gotten to know TC much better than I did then. I will but. say, for me, I am not the greatest driving in storms. And at the oh. time, I'm pretty sure I did not have like 110% insurance on my vehicle. And there was a horrific hailstorm passing through Austin um, that was like closing down concerts. It knocked out like um, Willie Nelson's uh, picnic that was going on. And I was like, hey, we're just going to stop down here on the side of the road. Not on the side of the road, but like at a gas station. It's going to take us an extra 30 minutes before I drop you off. But like I'm not driving in the storm. I would say I'm, that was met with some resistance uh, on this free ride that I was given to Austin for him to go to a show. Uh it, it, it was not well received. And I was like, all right, well, you know, never, uh, never meet your heroes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the original name of the show? No. Like the placeholder name? Mm -mm. Retrograde. Okay. I might earmark yeah. that and keep I think that. That was, the, that was the name for like a week or until your, you know, you dropped, you know, a tablet oh, moment came up with partial recall. Was that the uh, <laughs> name when we recorded and 90% of the audio was just overrun by uh, my wife's dog at the time's necklace or whatever you call yeah, it? Yeah, I think text. it was the, the rattling of the, <laughs> yeah, the collar. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That was a uh, another um, discovery that we had early on was just like with the microphone we were using or the settings that we might have been using, everything could be heard. <laughs> The yeah. AC we and sounded, the oil shop. I'm really everything. confident, though. <laughs> and revealed way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. In the, in the, in the beginning, uh, for yeah. sure. There were some topics where I was like, man, this is really pulling the curtain back. <laughs> well, to yeah. the 12s and 15s of the listeners that we had at the time, you know, 
it was it was really uh, digging in, you know, with both feet. Our risk was was high. Yeah, that, that would be uh, I think OnlyFans con- uh, content this these days. <laughs> I pulled the hard drives of my old computers back then at one point uh, over the last year and like dumped them all onto a hard drive and put them in folders. So I was like, eh, I could release this, but I was like, I would owe it to Clay and myself to go back and listen to all of these, but. At the time, I didn't like listening back to episodes afterwards, like much less years later. And then I'm like, yeah, A, I don't want that responsibility. B, there's nothing good that can come of that. So, yeah. <laughs> you might have to email it to me, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the public is ready mm-mm, to hear that again. Mm-mm. That's a when you're dead uh, uh, type thing. I'll just leave that for people to discover, like the uh, lost files. Like, like the truth about JFK <laughs> 50 years later. Yeah, right. So uh, it's been a long three years. Since then, I think uh, at the time you were uh, a father. Jay at the time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was a person I, I had met. Didn't know that I knew who he was. Didn't know that I didn't know his name. Um, a lot has changed since then. Jay, how old are your kids now? Uh, seven and five. So when you started podcasting, which for those who don't know, you also do a show called Tell Me Where to Turn. Nailed it. Correct. Um, not, can you hear me? <laughs> Still thought it was Jesus Take the Wheel. <laughs> alternative, alternative title. Uh, but you started essentially in the same week or so that Partial Recall did. Or your yeah, show and, did. and that was completely unplanned, too. Mm-hmm. We had actually planned to kick that off about two to three months beforehand, but in our typical style, we were all ready to go, and then eh, we just didn't talk about it for a couple months. So over the course of four years of recording now, at that time with a one and a half, two year old, however math works, uh, would you say your podcasting experience has changed given like the growth of the ages of your kids? Like, are they now like aware that dad goes in there, talks into a microphone and then, you know, let's give them some time. Um, yeah, they, they have an idea of what it is. And then the two gentlemen that I normally Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't had exposure to Mr. KJ before because no. I don't think even the time you came over or you've been over here a few times, mm-hmm. I don't think they were here or they were already in bed. Yeah. But um, the other two gentlemen that I, uh, you know, podcast with on Skype, they know who they are. So like occasionally they'll walk in and just take a look and they know who I'm talking to. Um, so they know that, you know, dad does this like once a week. So for he, this- tol- he talks to Mr. Tommy and Mr. Dave. For the second OnlyFans reference, that is definitely a good accountability buddy to have that they can peek their heads around the screen and make sure uh, it is uh, uh, Mr. Dave yeah. and Mr. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It is a lot different just from the standpoint of now there's like a set time where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I can be available and do this. Uh, as opposed in the first first year or so, you might be in the middle of something and all of a sudden somebody's scared or somebody's crying and you got to be like, yeah, I got to let's hit pause for a little while or what have you. I'll, I'll call you back in 20 minutes when I get them back down. It used to be much more of an ordeal to try to carve out an hour, and now it's a lot easier. So uh, whilst on eggshells, I will ask Clay, in the last uh, three years uh, and then the last six months, had you had the responsibility of setting up and doing this for an hour at a time, how uh, smoothly do you think that would went with uh, bedtime attempts, bath time attempts, and everything in between? Honestly, the once they go to bed, knock on wood, uh, both of them are like completely good sleepers. Like from the age age of like two months, they sleep all through the night. So I've been really lucky there. So once, I mean, like this time of night, it's almost nine. They're they're done for the night. They won't wake up until six thirty-seven. So, uh, as long as you do it late night, you're good. But the bedtime can vary between like seven thirty and nine thirty. Yeah. So, well, you know, and it's always you never know. You start getting them ready at seven thirty, and then it could go on a couple hours depending on like what's going on. Because the five-year-old, she's five now, so you know she she's got a mind of her own. Uh, she's super smart and super nice, but it's super sweet and everything. But like, it's, you know, she's got a lot going on, but then the, the boy is so laid back 
like she was when she was a baby. He's just like easy going. I'm ready for bed. Thanks. Let's go. So, so it's, like I said, it's, it's been pretty easy. So, um, the, the big thing was, you know, back three years ago, we lived so far apart. That oh, was the big geez, yeah. obstacle. Two hours now. Having to alternate driving an hour and a half to each other's, you know, you know, there was no real middle ground there. <laughs> yeah. And technology compared to now, as far as like online recording capabilities, it was a hassle to record in person a foot from each other, much less hook <laughs> yeah. things up to the computer and like reliably get it done. Having we now, have global events pushing that back then. <laughs> that's true. Having now survived, uh, I shouldn't say survived, five and a half weeks into dadhood, I've taken the mantle of like managing bath time prior to bedtime because then there's a feed and then bedtime. And then it's like essentially I'm pulling the pin and he is extremely chill with bath time. It's like shockingly. I'm like, I figured water, all that stuff would freak him out. He's like, nope, I'm good. Hand him over, peaceful. And then I just watched the notifications pop up on my phone left and right of like noise in the crib, noise in the crib. And I'm like, sorry, after nine <laughs> to 11 o'clock, that's mom's on first watch. I take over from like 11 to two ish and yeah. we see how things go. Then some nights are good. Some nights are bad, but, uh, ugh, that nine to 11, you know, it's a tough one. It's a tough shift. <laughs> we, we had the same, uh, I guess, system or rotation as far as me taking bath time and all that yeah. with, I mean, when we had the first one then you know, second one, whatever that, I mean, and still tonight, that's my deal. When, when the time strikes that, uh, it's time to do that, then that's all, that's all on me. And it always has been for the most part, which is, Hey, I don't know. It's worked great. I think it's a good idea. So clay, you may be more familiar and I don't want to, uh, play the whole back when you had your kids card, but uh, to what extent do did or do either of y'all rely on like apps for like child management? For me, it's almost none. I mean, like she has a little, my, my parents bought her a little fire. I think it's what it's called. Amazon fire mm-hmm. thing. It's, all, it's like a tablet. And so she gets like a half an hour a day. So like on the weekend, and like, uh, it's usually afternoon time. She'll be like, Hey, can I play on that? And she'll get 30 minutes. She'll just go to her room and kind of just, you know, relax for a little while. What and about half the time she'll fall asleep doing it. What but about like out whenever, in public, we, didn't, we never really used it. Whenever she was a kid, as far as like managing, like, I don't know the, the ones we have that I was thinking of were like, Oh, this many diapers a day or fed at this time or like any of that stuff, like schedules or stuff to parent them. Not, not as much like, Oh, um, well, I think my wife is a really good note taker and like mm-hmm. she keeps track of things really well. So I think she's used a couple of those like mom type things for tracking feedings and tracking patterns and things like that. But as far as, you know, statistical things like how many diapers use, I don't know that we've ever really tracked those kind of things. Are you tracking that, KJ? Uh, we don't do the diapers anymore. That was like a week one thing. Like when like you know they're well, going to lose weight and then to man- make sure that they're getting yeah. however many till they gain. We did that part. The only thing that we're tracking now is that my wife will track feedings. And it's connected to the same app as like the sleep monitoring or whatever. And so I can't really turn the notifications off for one versus the other. But what drives me insane, and I thought I was going to be able to pull it up, but I think I swiped away. Oh, no, I've got it here. Um, is that it will pop up, and it will say, uh-oh, let them, here we go. Hold on, let me move that over. It'll say, <laughs> ah, Kai nursed at XYZ time. And I'm like, I don't need this notification to start off with like a, <clears throat> how refreshing is that breast milk that I consumed at this hour? Just be like, the baby ate at this time. In fact, really, I only use it to kind of know if I'm up here working, you know, hard quotations during the day that like playtime follows that. So like I'll see the notification, be like, okay, let me go down, play with the kid for 20 minutes and then, you know, nap time or whatever. But to me, that's the equivalent of like the Wendy's Twitter account using the word lit. <laughs> it's completely unnecessary. And nobody is better off for it. <laughs> I, I just, and she doesn't get the notification. That's the weird thing. Only, it only comes to like the secondary partner because obviously she's logging it. 
on her side and yeah. it pops up on my end. So what, what a weird way for Clay to indicate that he's actually still on Twitter. <laughs> no. He's referencing no, like that, the two thousand and twelve reference yeah. that I have for it. <laughs> okay. What's happening in twenty sixteen. I was about to say Wendy's going off on Twitter is is uh, quite a dated still, reference. <laughs> I was gonna say it's still a thing. Oh well, okay, fair well, enough. It's good to know that they're still maintaining that presence. Should have made a Ken Bone reference or something like that. <laughs> that was, I think, uh, to be honest, the sad thing is, is I think my most popular tweet was a Ken Bone reference that Drew <laughs> McGarry retweeted. <laughs> Wow. Either that or, or, or a Tim Kirkjian tweet that the kid Miro retweeted. I think those were my two biggest moments on Twitter. And I don't know if that's uh, something to be proud of or something I should just keep to myself. Well, Drew and, and Miro are, have not been canceled by society, so there's nothing to be ashamed of there. Uh, yeah. I will say that it is kind of, um, I don't think ironic is fitting, but the fact that, uh, you know, you endured what uh, we will all remember is like when a bomb went off the, the election cycle of 2016 was kind of like, as this podcast was still getting its legs underneath it, going through all of that and then having to sit down record and do research and do a podcast during that time. And then watching things going now, do you feel any different about this year versus my uh, utter confidence in damning the world into four years of what we've gone through that night? Man, no, I, honestly, the only thing I remember was Jay retweeting a picture of me with a shocked look on my face from the election <laughs> night thing. Um, like a you strong only knew how many times that picture has popped up over the last I three did, years. Yeah, little did I know I was going to become a meme on election night. Um, that or the picture of me as a clown as a kid on Halloween. Yeah, I've seen um, that one thrown at me a few times. Yeah, so, uh, but no, it's... I don't know. It, it is definitely different because we were, you know, I felt so plugged in back then and everything, you know, was, it, it felt like it couldn't get any weirder or crazier. And now it's like with the pandemic and with the election stuff and the racial turmoil that's gone on, I'm like, man, I can't even imagine how just bad shit it is right now. <laughs> so like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not on any sort of like social media or I mean, I've never had a Facebook page Twitter, you know, not for three and a half years or so. And it's, I don't know, I guess it is at times I'm like, man, I really wonder what's going on, but there's mm -hmm. like, I honestly think it's, I'm better off. <laughs> it's a very fleeting thought. Yeah, you probably are. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, unless you're just on there to do bits and to make people mad. Uh, yeah, you're probably better off. Well, that's good to know. Jay, you want to tell Clay about any recent Twitter uh, bear traps? <laughs> um, I feel like that's a joke that would translate, but who knows? No, uh, that's yeah. okay. Okay, um, okay. We'll tell it no, offline. This... How about that? I was, I was going to say I'm a big Tom Brenneman fan. What's he been up to lately? Jeez. Oh, uh well he 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 probably works at he's gonna be operating the twitter account for wendy's mm -hmm. that's about all he's gonna be doing yeah um i don't know which one uh, you know la in the last episode we covered uh mm -hmm. i stepped a little bit of a beirut bear trap but yeah. i was just so excited about the rock <laughs> uh, how did you tie those two together the day that the XFL was purchased, the explosion in Lebanon occurred, and somebody oh, those, were, those were one on the same day, or at yeah. least like consecutive days, and somebody oh, was okay. still uh, celebrating uh, one event versus the other event, and that was prior to finding out it would like have a death toll over hundred. <laughs> These things happen. Um, so yeah, I, I'll just uh, go through this quickly, but. Uh, yeah, I stepped into a huge bear trap online last week, and somebody had posted a a tweet, and it was they got a tattoo, and the tattoo was like like latitude longitude coordinates, and of course I just can't go without taking the opportunity to comment on everything, and I was like, uh, hey, is that the like the tattoo? Is that the location where Walt Walter White like buried all the money? And no response. Again, topical, like, timely. Exactly. No response, nothing. It gets no momentum. I move on. 
like three days later, the same person tweets, uh, so I got that new tattoo and, and here's what it was. And it was basically the location of where the person's best friend's ashes were like, oh, deposited no. or I don't know how, I don't know what the word is, dumped out. <laughs> In, into a blue trash can in the Albuquerque desert. <laughs> was it was it a passive aggressive like uh, hint, no, hint, no, asshole? no. I mean, it was it was a totally separate tweet, so it wasn't a response to me uh, or anything like that. And it was several days later. So I have I have focus grouped this amongst several people as to how at fault that I am. And some have urged me to maybe just take a few plays off. Mm -hmm. And some have said, you know what? It's not exactly your fault because you see that tattoo, like that's going to spawn a question. Like that person. It's a conversation piece for sure. That person now has that are going to have a lot of people say, Ooh, what is that? And they're going to say, Oh yeah, my friend died. Like they're just waiting for someone to ask and put them in a weird position. So I'm going to, I have a counter idea. I think okay. you should get a tattoo of the coordinates where you were when you sent that tweet <laughs> and then tweet a picture of that. <laughs> that's WWCD. That's, that's what I would do. Okay. Here, here's I think, where I was at when I learned about uh, the fact that that guy died. <laughs> yeah. Left arm, right arm. This guy wasn't old either. I mean, this guy was uh, appeared to be. It's like a sixteen-year-old. Uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty tragic. So I, I like this off on the side of the highway type thing. Uh, yeah, I don't want this to be left behind. I like this uh, left arm, right arm theory. It's kind of like the uh, Oklahoma City Memorial, where they have like a nine thirteen and a nine fifteen. I think it's nine twelve and nine fourteen, and then like a pond in between the two. Essentially, like your coordinates on either arm, and then you are the embodiment of everything that went wrong in between those two tweets. <laughs> I think I think that's fair. I, I can take yeah. that. You should do it like uh, on each wrist with like a bloody hole through the wrist <laughs> as like the dot on the coordinate. All right, that's that's enough. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man, how I missed this atheist tone to the podcast. I forgot all about it. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, you haven't had this for the last three years. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Uh, I will ask, um, from you did, You brought up Tom or Thom Brenneman. Um, how much of the sports are you consuming? Obviously, Luca, for sure. But uh, are you watching any of the baseball, any of the anything aside from the bubble basketball? Yeah, actually, uh, as I was showing you two before we started, I dressed my kids in matching Mavericks shirts. Actually, my daughter shares a birthday with Chris Depp's Porzingis, so she and she, also the unicorn appeals to her okay. sensibilities. So she uh, she opted for the number six, and then the the kid gets the Luca. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm locked in in bef- prior to pandemic. Uh, I would lay there with the he was two months old at the time and we'd watch Maverick games, you know, while, I, while he was falling asleep. So that was fun. In fact, the night he was born there, I watched the game from the hospital room. Um, so I'm, you know, Mavs, I'm always locked in Rangers. It's just, I mean, you know, if it's on, it's background noise. Um, stars start in about 15 minutes. I'll probably try to not fall asleep mm, through three periods. But uh, yeah, the, yeah, I, I've I missed it terribly. Basketball more than anything, because like I said, I play normal in normal times. I play basketball probably four to five times a week, and so not not being able to play, not being able to really do anything, has kind of been driving me nuts. But yeah, I mean, I'm you know put it in my veins right now. I've been missing it. I've been jonesing for uh, for a while, but um, it's it's weird because like I try to get the daughter to watch it, and her her I like. If she she likes to play like she played T ball last year mm-hmm. and I kind of gotten her involved and but she's got the uh, attention span watching sports of like a you know a housefly. <laughs> it's like she'll watch one possession and then but she I I can I recorded her saying Giannis Antetokounmpo she says it perfectly. 
because uh, I bought her a, an alphabet book, and it's basketball related. Yeah, it's called uh, I think it's called B is for Baller. Okay, and A is like A is for Air, and it's like has a picture. It's a really cool book, and they actually have them in baseball, basketball, and I think soccer. And so she's got those books, so she knows how to like she knows who George Gervin is. So like I'm planting those seeds, you know. It's it's uh Sandy Lyle. But, Exactly. Yeah, she uh, she has seen that scene, and also <laughs> uh, this tells you how plugged in my family is. Whenever I bought the uh, the shirt for her to wear, the first time my wife saw it, she was like, "You bought her the Tingus Pingus shirt," so she's aware of the the, the Tingus Pingus clip from Draft Night. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I was really Doing glad that they played that the other day on the ticket in the uh, Wake and Jake that the. Who the fuck is that guy? I never heard of <laughs> Lativia. So, yeah. That's alive and well in this house. I love it. I would have definitely banked on her, like knowing Salta Lamakia, uh, imperfect pronunciation <laughs> before Antetokounmpo, but it makes sense. Maybe the Escalantes have an open slot on their roster uh, once they reconvene. <laughs> yeah. So, Clay, you haven't played pickup, I guess, since March. Um, I not, not full court. No, no, there's a, there's a couple of good outdoor courts, not far from where I live. And I've played a little bit of one-on-one. Like there's a guy that I used to always, uh, you know, shoot around with and we play one-on-one like once a week, but it's outdoor, you know, but the full, the full court run has not happened since March 15th or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If you know of one, well, uh, I'm pretty much done as uh, we have not uh, had contact. My uh, my knee exploded about November, October, November 2018, and that pretty much retired me, I think. I was about to say, did you make a return? I thought I remember you talking about it would be attempted, but then again, all of this happened, right, as like your ability to walk happened. Yeah, um, if... I would say even if there was no pandemic, maybe the beginning of next year, I might try it like in a league or something. Yeah. But even right now, I don't think I could do the, especially a lot of lateral movement and change in direction. I still couldn't do it. And I'm spot 20, shooter. <laughs> tw- 21, <laughs> 21 months post-surgery. And I still don't think I could play. I mean, jeez. When yeah, when you can find it, uh, send me the photo of uh, one uh, John Harden who was uh, on your team at the Escalantes because oh, I think Clay man. would enjoy seeing that. Yeah, he was <clears> on you, team Escalante. If you can Escalante. dig that up, send that uh, send that over. Um, yeah, my league team was uh, was run by a guy who worked at a barber shop, so it was a barber shop themed team. Um, the Kentucky oh, Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, but we had like Miami uh, Heat themed jerseys, like the Vice, like the blue and pink. Okay. And uh, that was uh, I was one of two white guys, so we had we were well represented on the team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, like I said, it was fun. But I was I'd be willing to do like a bubble style situation at the MLK <laughs> Center in Denton if it meant getting to play full court again. Speaking of the uh, MLK Center in Denton, uh, I think we've talked when it was going down, but can you confirm if there is one less statue in the square in Denton? I can. I can. I I walked up there that day to to confirm and uh, photographed. I believe there was a lady there with a sign that said, now the square is, uh, I don't know, it's like, now the square is for everyone. So, um, yeah, it's... You know, I I, uh, I think I texted you yeah. that day it happened and said, um, ironically, the only thing left of the statue is these separate water fountains. <laughs> that was the last thing to come down. <laughs> they, uh, they took the uh, actual Confederate monument down, but the only thing they left were the two towers where the separate water fountains were. So I was like, yeah, that's good. If we'll they just, were smart, uh, they just put men and women on one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> that, then, uh, I don't think here in Denton that would fly because then you'd be gendering mm-hmm. the uh, the water and uh, we're not uh, we're not open to that. How uh, how have things fared in Denton throughout uh, this apocalypse? Being that you work kind of like visibly in downtown and you can kind of see 
you know, yeah, and when things are busy and when they aren't, what's it been like for you? Yeah, our proximity to the actual downtown square is, I mean, you know, the saying goes, you could throw a rock, but I could yeah. literally throw a rock and hit the courthouse from the shop. And mm-hmm. the, um, you could hear the protests going on. They usually were starting right about the time I was leaving work for the day, but you could definitely see the crowds building and you could hear the chants and everything. But I mean, very little property damage, if any, in downtown, very peaceful. I think everyone pretty much handled it well, mostly college kids and youngsters. I did see reports of people saying like there were bricks piled up, but you know, I never really believe any of that. Um, and I work with, I think just about everyone that I work with. My next question was how, how's the summer been around the shop? (laughs) Yeah. The, the morale was not high that day. (laughs) You know what's funny is, um, is, as I actually, (laughs) I, I, I drove to work on Juneteenth and I was like, I listened to run the jewels full volume the whole way there. And I was ready to like throw hands at the shop that day. Cause it was like <laughs> at the height of that, they put mm-hmm. out that album Yep. and I was like, I just know that like by 10 o'clock this morning, somebody's going to refer to it as in day mm-hmm. because I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. And of course, Denton has a, used to have a huge Juneteenth celebration. Like, um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Quaker town aspect of Denton. If not, it's a good Google read. Cause it's a very, um, of course, everyone followed the, the Tulsa story, you know, because it yep. became popularized this year. But um, if you have a if you have the time, do a deep dive on the, the Quaker Town situation, because when Texas Women's University in Denton was being built and expanded, people who were, you know, had the money to fund that, they came, they were bringing people in to show them the, the area. So they basically took a very nice part of town where the majority of the African-American population was and they were like, why don't you guys go over here? Mm-hmm. So they like shoved all of them into this one part of town and they actually built up that part of town, which is referred to as Quaker town. Um, and it became basically what, where the arts and jazz fest is now like the civic center park. Gotcha. Um, which ironically is where we vote now. Is that um, near, or is there a, um, what do you call that outdoor soccer thing? Um, is that in that same area? Uh, it's, it's literally a couple blocks from downtown square. Like it's, it's right over by where like city hall okay. and then the civic center. And it's all, it's all right there. Um, pretty close. Futsal, um, it's between, it's between downtown and, uh, and TW. So, okay. um, but, but yeah, so that's, that's nearby. And, um, it's, it's a, it's an interesting little aspect of the history of, of the town. And, um, but yeah, like with, with Juneteenth, like I said, it, it, it had me ready to go. And I, and I think that I have, I don't want to say like instilled fear into my coworkers who are all three times my age, but like <laughs> if there's any, there's a lot of more speaking in whispers now or just not saying anything at all than there used to be. Um, after my time, you know, yeah. coming back to the family business, but uh, we still have an old guy that works there. That's very right wing, conspiracy um same guy and he yeah same guy and he is uh he talks in whispers a lot more than he used to uh he he doesn't share his opinions out loud which you know it's uh it is what it is but i did hear the phrase what about white lives matter within the last two weeks so (laughs) you you wouldn't be disappointed love it I will say yeah. uh, you brought up a good uh, a, a good opportunity to point out to the crowd who was uh, wondering. There was supposed to be another person uh, a, a part of this experience. One Dr. Brad Folsom, who is not present, uh, helped orchestrate this uh, uh, episode and then messaged me an hour before. It's like, oh, I didn't know you wanted me to actually be on it. So uh, <laughs> that would have been a great opportunity to uh, delve into some Quaker Town talk. In fact, uh, maybe the next time that he and I record our Texas, you can hear us you know, discuss it. Um, yeah, perfect. So, yeah, That'd be great. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting story if, for those who don't know it. There's the Brad nut kick for uh, the evening. I, I, he was actually at the shop recently, you know, mm-hmm. last week, and he was very Brad. So in true Brad fashion, I'm not surprised he's not here. Of course, I assume his car has sustained damage or something's wrong with it on a weekly basis. So it did, it did. That's what. That's why he was there, and it got resolved. So, um, 
he uh, and he he begged me to overcharge him for the work because he feels like he's gotten away with so much over the years. And and uh, he's got Trump money in his pockets, and so he's trying to throw it around where he may. Just wants yeah, to spend it, making that community college money. He's yeah, yeah he just want to throw it around. If that oh balance gets over fifty bucks, he's like, I got to spend this. <laughs> this is not this is not where I live. To uh, to quote him exactly, he he texted me and said, "I I need to come up there to get my car looked at, and I want I would like to take you out to lunch at a uh, at a restaurant." that is uh, themed like genitals, like a genital themed restaurant because <laughs> we have a restaurant called Roosters nearby. And there's also one called Dick's. So I don't, I, so it's the first time I really pick. noticed that we had so many phallically themed restaurants around the square, but he insisted on something like that. And I said, I, I can't do lunch, but um, maybe you can find another uh, partner to go to a, a genital themed restaurant. I mean. Well, th- there's there's Brad for uh, those of you who are curious uh, if he is in fact Brad when not on mic, and the answer is always yes. Um, always Brad. It is great to know that QAnon is is thoroughly entrenched in uh, <laughs> in Denton, but uh, I guess now that people probably aren't frequent, I don't know, are people frequenting the square just like in a retail sense right now, or uh, where are the flat earthers parking their cars eerie, if people really aren't there? Eerie. Well, yeah, it was really weird at first because uh, in March, like the last couple weeks of March, there was nobody, like not a car, not a person. And we were like looking at each other going, this is really weird because we stayed open. We've never closed our doors for a minute. Um, My work schedule hasn't changed. Um, So, yeah, like the roads were empty. The stores were all closed. And it seemed, I mean, it was like an apocalyptic movie type situation. But now it's it really seems the same as it used to be. Just everybody has a mask on. And um, Jay, remind me, you haven't gone back downtown. Have you? No. Oh. And they've actually, uh, with my work, there's no reporting to the office through the end of the year. Same. Like J- January 1st is the earliest that it's going to be considered. They yep. just pushed it all back. So yeah, I'm home <laughs> every day, which is a blessing for the most part. And it's not, it's more just the, uh, I don't know, there's some kind of like mental release or whatever just to have the back and forth to go somewhere sometimes. Yeah, that's separation of, of parts yeah. of your day for sure. Now, your kids are old enough to be doing e-learning, I assume. Are oh, they yeah. doing they, that? They started this week. Okay. And then, Clay, is your daughter e-learning yet? Or, or I know, is your wife still teaching? I guess I should ask that. Yes, she is. She went back, I guess, a week and a half ago okay. to the school. <clears throat> she teaches third grade. She is, um, she's back at the school now, and my daughter is actually going to go back. Go. She starts kindergarten this year, mm-hmm. so she's going next week. She starts in person next week because she's a teacher's kid, and I think she's going to have like th- you know, maybe three or four kids in the classroom, Yeah, and they're all teacher's kids, so... So it's if nothing be, else, it's, it's more so convenient. It's, it's a pretty contained environment. And my wife's going to be in the same building. So we both felt pretty comfortable with her going. Yeah, that makes, I mean, it makes sense, especially with your class sizes and the fact that you're, if, if your wife's there, it, it kind of checks out anyway. I'm curious to yeah. know what the experience is going to be like for people like you, Jay, who have, how old are your kids again? You said it earlier. Seven and five. So second grade and kindergarten. Now, what's the status of, like, how do kindergartners manage this? Like, they just send them a workbook and they say good luck or, like? Well, uh, so they started this week on Wednesday. So I guess that was was yesterday. And there was a supply pickup at the beginning of the week. So when it comes to workbook-type materials, and and I think a lot of it it wasn't necessarily here are your supplies for the entire year or the semester – but at least to get us through the first X number of weeks. And even like the schedule, the teachers in each class have only sent us the schedule for these first three days. And then they're going to email something different for next week. So I don't know if it's going to change a lot, but I mean, it's gone fine the first two days, but it's the first two days of school. I mean, right, usually right. don't do anything anyway. Student handbook yeah. days. It's, it's very, I mean, and I can, I, the way our house is situated, like they're in a room, and like the entryway on the left-hand side and I'm yep. on the right-hand side. 
So even though I've got earbuds in listening to whatever, I can still kind of hear what they're doing. And um, it's very much still like, what's your favorite color? What do you like to do? <laughs> that type of stuff is all is not all, but most of what's gone on day one and day two. I do wonder you how handle on that kindergarten syllabus. <laughs> yeah, we really hammered into it. Like, so yeah. we are we are acing this kindergarten. <laughs> like, how much parents are going to really learn about what the curriculum is in their kids' schools? Like, over the next uh, or the past six months, the next six months. I've well, had the, uh, I, I was going to say, we already talked about me getting, you know, throttled on Twitter. I already got my hand slapped once for making the comment that, and Clay's about to do the same thing. I'm sure that a lot of school is just glorified babysitting. I'm not yeah. touching it. My dad's a teacher um, too, I should say here. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Although well, he teaches yeah, the, like. The hope was that this was going to raise appreciation for what he's done. <laughs> Um, and I, there was actually a, a customer of ours who's funny t-shirt guy. And the other day he came in with a shirt that said, you think it's bad. Now the next generation will be, will be taught by, uh, day drinkers or something mm-hmm. like that. You know where he got that Stay shirt, right? Day drinkers. Bucky's Bucky's made that shirt. Is that a Bucky's thing? That's a Bucky's shirt. I still have never been in a Bucky's. You really, you have one like, like, I was about to say you have one like right across the street now. Yeah, and the one by Texas Motor Speedway is really not that far either. That's so. true. I guess I, in my head, that's the other part of the world. But from up there, it's 10 minutes just down the other part of the highway, I guess. Did you see that someone has already been shot and killed at the Denton Bucky's? Ooh, not nice. shocked. So, not on the board. Shocked. Oh, well, you know, hey. And for those who don't know, I recorded a podcast called Too Much Dip. Um, if I have not flexed all of my sports knowledge and muscle over the years, like where else better to find my takes on all goings on that is sports than no, uh, a you, podcast you named after Dip? Refuse to talk on the subject for the last four <laughs> years, and then you join a sports podcast. Don't uh, mind this. Don't mind him. <laughs> and he's dropping opinions too. He's had me just pacing all week with his idea that the. Over under on Des Bryant future career touchdowns is 3.5. And I will take the over. Uh, here's what I will take. And this is somewhat, I, I, this was my thought a couple of days ago. It's not his. This is not fair. He didn't get a contract offer in Baltimore. You have that at least on your side as knowledge today. Uh, but the, the other thing is, um, I was willing to bet that the Mavericks would win more games against the Clippers okay. than Des Bryant will catch touchdowns in his remaining career. Wow. I might take the over too. Man, the, one, there's not a great chance that there's going to be a season this year. And I, I just saw Ric Flair on the screen during the Lakers game, so I'm completely <laughs> sidetracked now. <laughs> there's not a guarantee there's going to be a season this year. There's certainly not a guarantee he's okay. making that team. If he doesn't play this season, he's never playing again. My one I'm pretty sure Kaepernick had a contract drawn up when he met with the Ravens. If his girlfriend hadn't showed up, he might still be a Raven. That's true. And Lamar Jackson would be in Miami or something. Yeah. Um, my one caveat here is that had he signed with the Ravens, my concern was that Lamar Jackson was his quarterback. And I didn't even get to like spout that off and piss people off. I that, think that's very, very relevant. That, that would sure have been an issue. They're tied in. Yeah. I, I was more concerned about that than anything else, but who knows? You know, I'll stand by it. Fuck it. So this is not a subject I expected to discuss. I'm sports guy <laughs> now. Podcast. Sports points. Boop, boop, boop. Clay is Kaepernick a common topic up at the <laughs> up at the shop? Do you remember when guys were burning Nike socks? <laughs> Did you have I'm, some of that? Uh, my father still refuses to wear Nike. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I just so if he walks into a pro shop after spilling a coffee on his shirt, about to go get a round in, and the pro shop is exclusively Nike. He's going to play in a shirt stained with coffee. What you fail to understand is that he keeps more than one golf shirt in the truck okay. at all times. Fair, fair. Um, I thought I was finding the one caveat, but okay. Plus he has his own locker at the country club with okay. multiple pairs of shoes and shirts. So the dude, the dude is well, albeit a little racist, but you know, well prepared nonetheless. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, and I didn't want to, out him here, but 
that white lives matter <laughs> statement did come from the man who fathered me. Uh, the, oh man. Uh, he, uh, yeah, that was, that was not a good moment in the, uh, father son relationship. And he, uh, he also freaked out the other day when I tried to watch the Mavericks game at work and he saw the, uh, the court and oh, the, uh, yeah. the message not they that. choose to, uh, he was like, I can't believe I'll, I'll never watch basketball again. I was like, good. I will. It changes. <laughs> your eyes changes the math are on. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on, man. But I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's uh, not fun. I had the uh, wonderful. You're not on social media right now, but if you were, I don't know, Jay, how much of your Facebook world has started to see this or if it's just a, you know. I don't even know what age range I would fall into with the, these posts, like late twenties, 30 year old person seeing this shit of like, there's been an influx of girls who would previously post like duck lips photos five, six, seven years ago. And then like maybe three years ago, post pumpkin spice latte photos. Now they're posting like nothing but text That's like save the children and stop human trafficking and in sex trafficking of children. Like a lot of that shit. That's like, coming from the QAnon world into like Instagram world. And then like, it's just followed with like, you know, Epstein flight logs. I'm like, you were so far out of your depths right now. Like, uh, <laughs> for years I've been dripped, uh, info this via IJB. Like you want to step into the world of like right. understanding these ridiculous conspiracy theories. Like I'm prepared to have this discussion, but, but I yeah. won't, I don't know how much of that shows up in your world, Jay. I think whatever connections I have used to, you know, they used to post pictures of happy hours and stuff like that. And now the messages, the ones that I see, and that's something I rarely visit, or if I visit, it's just briefly to see like whose birthday it is or something. Mm. But, um, I see those same people now they're a little older. I think the vaccine and anti-vaccine movement is in my world, the biggest one that I see that I raise eyebrows at people that I either know or like used to work with prior vaccines or saying like when we get a Corona vaccine, like they're not in line for it at all. No, like they're not in line for it. And I see people that I would have never guessed, like you don't retweet on Facebook, but sharing articles like questioning, basic vaccines we get for our children and things like that. And I, I just, I don't have the energy to either argue or debate with them. I just let it go, which is probably not the best thing. I just want to go to the can't. mall and do hood rat shit with my friends. And these fuckers yeah. are going to ruin it. Can't we you're not even talking about the, you're not even talking about the Bill Gates, like coronavirus vaccine wants to put a computer chip in you. You're talking about like, anti-vaxxer like oh, Jenny McCarthy type stuff. Yeah, right? I'm talking like, the, yeah, yeah anti-measles vaccines give you autism, yeah. that type of stuff. So uh, six weeks is next week. Should I opt for Novax or? Uh... Fill in full <laughs> as much as they'll give him. No shit. Take it. No shit. That's, uh, anyhow, didn't think we were going to Yeah, your there. kid might have social skills, but he's going to die of the mumps. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be like a great speaker but yeah, yeah. he's got so much charisma but he's a corpse <laughs> oh man anything else you guys want to hit before we wrap it up we're, we're approaching an hour and i don't want to keep uh all of you guys before uh bedtime round two well i wanted to uh i wanted to ask you about yeah. your i mean you, you mentioned some of the stuff about your the technology and your kid but i wanted to ask you about like you know, you obviously were a sports guy and all that stuff. You you were athletic as a youth. Um, do you mm. do you have any like do you do you ever like play out the scenarios in your head of your your young son and like you have like because now having a five year old yeah you know the daughter's a little different hashtag not a girl dad anymore like <laughs> now I have a son so it's like you know it's I feel like I've tempered my you're still hashtag a girl like, dad. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel like you have to be exclusively Hashtag girls. Like, like, yeah. So, you know, it's like now you have a son. Now you're yeah. like, okay, I, I feel like I don't have to, like, push my sportsiness on her so much. And so now I have, like, the hope of him being – because he's a large kid. Like, yeah. he's 22 pounds and he's only seven months old. Um, and he's, you know, he's pretty strong already. He can already, like, almost pull himself up. But – so anyway, yeah, with your kid, do you have, like, these scenarios played out in your head of, like, 
I want him, you know, doing the Oklahoma drill by 18 months and, <laughs> and all of that. I have walked through the scenario of, and I may have mentioned it before, but I, I do plan to fully like prepare for that eventuality by like when he's two or three, I'm going to buy every prominent university's like Jersey and every like pro teams Jersey and or hat. And we're going to learn every hand signal. I'm going to take a random picture with him holding and or wearing the gear so that if that ever does happen, I can sell the story to Tom Rinaldi Jr. That this kid grew up and loved nothing more than to be, you know, like, insert, like a Louisville Cardinal. Exactly. Insert team that is on the rise that year. And I will use that to my advantage and my LeVar Ball-esque advantage to say like, hey, this story adds up. This adds, this resonates more for you. This is your Sam Ellinger. Uh, I can't wait to see the picture of your kid wearing the Florida Atlantic hat. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the dirt you sprinkled from Montana underneath his, his crib. Exactly. Even better. Even better. I didn't even think about that. Well, shit. I should have just put dirt underneath the bassinet in the hospital just, for, just for this eventuality. And then Photoshopped him where it was from. Um, so I, I've thought about it a little bit. I'm, I'm avoiding, you know, like the coronavirus, uh, avoiding the, the mental trap of like, will I allow my kid to play football and that question and everything that goes along with that. But how I think I'll approach things like sports. I feel like all of the other things that I've enjoyed personally, whether it be video games or cooking or, you know, debate in high school, all that other bullshit. I think I will be more aggressive in pushing all of those things on the kid and then he will get stuck with whatever thing I may be into sports-wise at that time. Like, you know, if he were cogent now, like, he'd be like, all dad does is play Call of Duty. Um, and if it were football season, like, you know, we were at every SMU game last year, and usually I don't watch that much college football games. So that I feel like I'll just kind of play it as it comes, but I will try to, like, probably push all of the other shit with hopes that like his physical gifts and interests will find it, you know, find its way on its own. Um, my dad is a high school teacher and coaches soccer now. Um, so it's been funny to see my dad who grew up playing college football, like indoctrinate me into football really, really young. And then I played football now be like, Oh yeah, you need to turn on Europa UEFA league. And I'm like, nah, dad, I'm good. That's for, <laughs> that is for people who live in Kansas city. My dad bought my daughter for her birthday recently, a, a set of golf clubs, like a starter kit and uh, told her when he gave her to her for her birthday, said, start working on that scholarship. <laughs> Which I, didn't, I didn't like protest, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh, you know that's okay. a good idea. And you can approach that casually and over time, you know. But. Yeah, we've, we've, we've practiced once and there was no pressure. You know, it was like, hey, learn to like this. And I, I'm not mad at the early returns on the, uh, on the old swing. So we'll see where that goes. But, but yeah, like, like you were saying, I think that more than the, the cliche, you know, will you let your kid play football or whatever? Because football is pretty low on my list of, right. of, you know, prioritized sports. But I wonder more, like, what is it going to look like when, you know, my kid gets to that age? Because I played middle school and high school and stuff. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, or even, like, if my kid wants to play baseball, will baseball be seven innings and you start with two runners on every inning by the time he, he gets there? We have like, my 60-game season. Let's just stick with that. If we can just ride that out. I called for this ages yeah. ago. Yeah, the MLB will be a 50-game season with four-inning games, bases loaded every inning, so, you know, a cow in left field. Prepaid debit <laughs> so, card yeah. contracts. So yeah, that Cespedes I mean, can yeah, show it's, up it's and weird. check it's, out once like he has I said, his I don't, know, I don't know where we're going with, you know, the rules and stuff. I mean, and like I said, they may have said the same thing 50 I mean, years ago. So. I mean, what I fear more than anything is what everything below it looks like. Um, you know, I think we've talked at length, and, and I think, Jay, we touched on a little bit uh, when we talked about paying college athletes, I think. My experience in sports and, and was kind of, I feel like, at the end of – not an era, but at the end of a, uh, it was pre-social media, basically. 
graduating high school in 2005, then YouTube starts the next year, then after. Like you're able to build your own brand and put your own highlight tape out there and manage your own recruitment process way more than I was able to personally. And what that's grown to over 15 years has been like this entire industry that's like, you know, there are people like Mike Roach out there who we referenced earlier and uh, Zach Barnett out there who like they live in this world of like recruitment and college football and stuff. And I don't know how much of like that world I look at now and see and be like, I just don't want to have to play that game. You know, I don't want to have to play the make sure my kid tweets out that they received an offer from whatever so that they can like entice the next offer. And I'm like, I like the pure part of like, Hey, go do this, enjoy it, love it, buy into football, you know, build character, all that. But like the other stuff before college and professional, that world I am not loving for football because I feel like that's what baseball has been in the past with select leagues and what the AAU world has been for basketball. Like I, I just can't, get down with that yet it's really weird that you mentioned zach barnett because we were like really good friends mm-hmm. growing up hey we went to elementary school together i used to spend the night at he his was house a Denton guy. i remember you you had some connection but i couldn't recall yeah we used to we used to pretend to be lima swede in our front yard like playing catch and <laughs> i'm interested uh, i like this story yeah. yeah uh his dad was his dad used to do dave like, barnett college football uh college football games for espn so he would be at the big house on Saturday or whatever, and I'd oh, spend nice. the night at uh, Zach's house. We'd watch, you know, the game and stuff. So Zach's a good dude, and, you know, of course, you know, his family is super nice. But it's it's just really weird that he's become, like, this college football expert now that yeah, um, I he, he carried down the same path that we were on back then, and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it is because of my knowledge of that relationship and my honoring Clay's uh, legacy that I did not get into a Twitter spat with Zach. I did screenshot his te- his tweet and send it to Jake and say, can you dunk on this guy for me? Um, but he went as far to judging the Big Ten and how they've handled canceling their season and throwing around the words like they were, you, you know, they handled it with cowardice and like all of these extreme hyperbole of like canceling their season, like, like being very anti that approach. And I'm like, I want to jump into the water here, but I can't, yeah, I can't ruin my own sports yeah. brand if I somehow get torched in the middle of the convo. So I was like, somebody with bigger guns, get this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, random side note, I yeah. wanted to mention, have you seen the trailer for this new documentary? I, it may have been out for a while, but called Boys State. Have you seen this? Yes, like, this and it Apple keeps freaking thing? me out. Although, I, A, I will say, I did learn there is a girl state that exists, but I have seen the, the, the trailer. Have you seen it, Jay? I think I've seen it once, but I can't recall much of it. Okay. Well, the reason that I bring this up is because. Oh, no. You went to this kid? Can you see this picture? I bleeped out the other people, but do you see me in my boys' state shirt? You went. I was in boys' state as a junior. It was between my junior and senior year of high school. So I, I attended this phenomenon. Um, and so when I saw the trailer, I almost like fell out of the chair. I was like, holy shit, they made a documentary about this thing. So I assume you do and, have uh, Apple TV and you plan to watch it. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't have, I don't think I've ever actually logged into Apple TV, but I'm sure I can, or Apple plus, but yeah. I can, uh, I'll definitely be watching that. Um, but that may be a conversation for another day, but I thought, holy shit, I can't believe it. <laughs> they documented this. Uh, as soon as I saw it, it brought back a lot of like really strange memories because I felt really weird about that experience my whole life, and I kind of I think blocked it out. I but, want you to watch. I want to watch it because the trailer. Jay, I would advise at least watching the trailer. Okay. Um. It. It. I guess. Will you explain what the concept is? Because I. I. I'm, I only have seen the trailer and then began to read further in terms of what it is. Yeah. It was. Um. It was actually uh, the my experience. I got pulled out of class in school, and they pitched this thing as like, "Hey, there's this like government, like fake government camp thing for a week that you go to in Austin, and it's only for like the select number of people." And uh, three guys from my high school went, and including the valedictorian, and then there was like an all-American football player type and me of all people. <laughs> um, but so you basically you go down to Austin for a week. And you, they put you in these groups and that's like your state or your, your city or your county or whatever it is. And you basically participate in the Texas government 
and you get voted into government position. I was I was elected to the Senate um, while I was there. Um, Did one Des guy Bryant gets elected governor. Have a, have a uh, monkey that like destroyed the house since you're in the Texas state Senate. <laughs> yeah. It's a Royce West joke. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did wear my tennis shoes and a diaper when I was in the Senate. Um, there we go. But, uh, Sorry. That's, that's, a former, former, that's a former Richland High School graduate you're taking shots at there. She's, yeah. she's yeah, running was, for office in Austin now. It was long before that uh, Richland Royal uh, made, oh, her, made her mark. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, I went in the summer of 05 because it was between my junior and senior year. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I so I went down and it, it was a, I mean, like I said, this is a deeper conversation for another day to go into detail, but yeah, it's a, uh, you basically participate in like these, you know, uh, elections. And then there's a nightly like rally type thing where you have like a, there's, there's a caucus. There's all, I mean, you basically participate in all these fake government events. And, um, at the end there was a big election where one kid got elected governor. I mean, it was a uh, it was a really really strange thing, but you also participate in sports, which was kind of my whole thing. Mm-hmm. Once I realized that when I got there, um, your your city participates in like there's basketball, softball, football, and I think maybe one other thing. So I just played all the sports, and I was actually voted best athlete of the camp. Um, Based on the, the entire- trailer of this documentary, I will say. <sighs> That may not have been hard if things haven't don't changed. Be fooled because there were some Division One athletes at this camp. Okay. I just don't think that they decided to participate in any. <laughs> I think they were just. Uh, I think they were just smoking weed in the uh, on Sixth Street while the. Uh, they probably snuck off while this was happening because fair. Uh, this was pre-pandemic, and you could actually go around in Austin to the parks and you know have people in your dorm room. I was going to no, say it's a weird event. It's definitely worth watching this yeah. this documentary. I was going to say him being the number one athlete or voted number one athlete was the only reason that we were doing this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there is the lead. Detail out, but I thought, you know, I'll, uh, I'll give the people what they want. Fair, fair. Well, Clay, I can't thank you enough for coming on and chatting with us. Uh, I do uh, think it'd be a good idea if you watch that to have you either on with uh, Jay and I or with uh, – uh, Dr. Brad Folsom and I to talk a little bit of Boys State. I will watch that documentary um, and maybe we can find some effed up parts of its history and it would play better on our Texas or F it. We just figure it out. Um, yep. Anything else Anytime, uh, yeah, you want to hit, Jay? No, this has been more than enough. Quite an honor. An otherworldly experience like seeing yeah. yourself uh, an out of body experience, if you will. Uh, seeing a ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I appreciate y'all. All right, later.